Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. This is the Frey Podcast, brought to you by thefrey.com, a place for women who want more from life. This is what I want, this is what I need, if you don't have to go, I can set you free, are you going? Today's podcast is a solo episode and it's also a very last minute episode, but hopefully it will still be helpful. So as you can probably hear in my voice, I'm quite congested and I'm still not 100%. I've been sick, so has Brendan, so have the kids. It feels like we just have kind of been passing around this cold. You know, one of us will have a cough, then the other has a runny nose, then someone has a sore throat, and then we just kind of keep passing it around to each other it's just that season I don't know about you but my boys have both been coming home from school with like runny noses and just I guess the cooler weather always brings about this sort of stuff and so I am super behind I'm super behind on podcasting because I've not wanted to sit down and record any episodes because it's just not enjoyable to listen to so hopefully today it is okay for you. This is the best I've felt in a little while. So fingers crossed, it's not unbearable. Like this tone and congestion and breathiness hopefully will not be too bad to listen to. But today's episode, I thought that I would go through some of the things I feel have been top of the pile of important lessons I have learned in the last 12 months. So this week I turned 35 years old, officially in my mid-30s. I think technically 33, 34 is mid-30s, but I was kind of like, nope, still early. Um, But officially I am 35 years old, which sounds like such a grown-up age. I remember my parents turning 35 years old, and granted they're very young parents, but I just have such a clear memory of celebrating their 35th birthdays and their 40ths and thinking, wow, my parents are getting older and now I'm in that age bracket and I don't feel like I don't feel as though I imagined they would have felt at that age. Um, And I know that, you know, anecdotally and perhaps even proven like perhaps it's even proven that each generation is kind of getting younger and younger in terms of the way we keep up with certain things and the way things are evolving but I just so clearly remember thinking like 35 year olds were really grown up and I know like I recognize I'm an adult I have twins that are turning nine at the end of the year I know I am an adult but it's just like wow It doesn't feel like schoolies was that long ago, and yet here I am saying I'm 35. So I'm not really someone who so far has gotten funny about any ages. You know how sometimes people will be like, oh, for me, 32 was really hard, or turning 28, or 35, or 40, as in they found it confronting to be faced with 
getting older and moving through their lives, I haven't really come up against that yet. You know, I haven't had that number where I'm like, holy shit. But I will say 35 does feel like, huh, I'm a proper adult. (laughs) Um, I can remember my grandma often saying when I was younger, because I worked for her, and whenever it was a birthday, she'd always say, you know, there's no, there's no use in, you know, moaning about having a birthday because what's the alternative? You know, it's an honor to have a birthday and to get older. And I really do believe that. And I have often felt in my adult life that with each birthday comes like a bit of a system upgrade in terms of, you know, you evolve, you learn things about yourself, you refine your opinions you, I think, just become more formed. You have better formed thoughts and feelings. And I think perhaps one of the gifts I've noticed is that I feel like you become closer to your authentic self as you get older, because there can be like a dissolution of childhood beliefs or societal pressure or all of the things that you think you need to do to become in quotes, you kind of realize, ah, I've reached that point and what's next. So I feel like with each year that you get older, you do get this system upgrade where you become better at communicating, better at understanding, just better at knowing yourself. And that's such a gift in life. So I'm not a huge birthday person in terms of celebration. I never have a birthday party. It just does not appeal to me. I don't like the fuss of it. I don't like the thought of people going out of their way. I've never been a big birthday celebrator, but I would say that I am someone who is really reflective around their birthday each year. I think just given the fact that I have an introspective nature and I'm a cancerian and I'm always, I guess, trying to make meaning and understand things each and every year, I find myself feeling really reflective as I contemplate on where I was 12 months ago, where I am now, and where I hope to be in the next 12 months as well. And so I've kind of gotten into this habit of just sharing a few things on social media that I feel as though I've learned during the last 12 months. So I thought I would talk you through those top line lessons and explain a little bit more to you about what they mean to me and just see if they resonate with you as well. So there are so many things I feel I've learned in the last 35 years. And originally I was going to record an episode where I share like my 35 top life lessons. And I did actually record it, but I felt it was just a little bit, um, like it just kind of went on and on and on a lot. So I've condensed it into 10 points that I wanted to touch on in today's podcast episode. And I have shared these over on Instagram, but if you enjoy this episode and hearing me talk through them a little bit more, because there's only so much you can say and do, you know, with the limited characters you have in an Instagram post, jump on over to my Instagram. And it's just, I've paired this caption with like a little selfie of myself when we were in Sydney. Um, And let me know that you're listening to this episode because I'd love to hear from you. So 10 things I feel I have really learned in the last 12 months. Number one, the storms I thought were sent to destroy me were actually sent to clear the path. 
I love, 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 love that sentiment. And there's definitely a through line in these 10 things about growth and breaking and stretching and renewing yourself. But there have been times, particularly in the last 12 months with resolving things um, privately that have just felt like someone was, you know, really out to destroy me, really out to hurt me. Um, And it just felt like, I don't know, like just, it just felt like a lot of pain was happening. And I feel as though I'm in the, in a place now where I can look at those things, those challenges as storms and realize, yeah, I thought that they were sent to destroy me and flatten me and personally attack me. But now I can see that it was like, oh, this had to happen to clear the path, you know, like to remove the dead wood, to let new things through. If I didn't have all of this happen, I wouldn't be where I am now. If people, you know, weren't removed, you know, didn't exit my life, I wouldn't be where I am now. And I can honestly say I'm in the best relationship. I'm with like the best person. And I feel like, oh, this is where I'm meant to be. It all makes sense. Which brings me to number two. Sometimes people walk out of your life and the rejection feels so personal and painful. But in time, you realize that the whole reason, season, or lifetime philosophy is oh so true. And another truth is that sometimes the trash takes itself out. So what I meant by this point was, I mean, there are a few things there. I've kind of jammed it in as per, but if you've not heard of the concept reason, season, lifetime, it basically refers to this notion that people come into our life for one of those three reasons. They come in for a reason, like to teach us something or to get us through a hard time or for us to learn from them or to teach them something. Then there is a season. So it might be someone comes into your life. This could be a romantic person, a work um, partnership or a friendship or even a family member. And they come in for a season because maybe you're both single and you're going out and it's just fitting for that season. And then other people are in it for the lifetime. So really accepting that has been a big one for me because I've had people come in and leave And it's like, oh, hang on. I thought this was a lifetime thing. And then you go, oh, okay, no, it's not. I can see it was for a season or there was a clear reason why that person was in my life. So reason, season, lifetime. Also, when you're in the middle of something, like if you're in the middle of a friendship breakup or a romantic relationship breakup or something with a family member, it can be really hard to see yourself further down the track and to understand what's going on. But in my own experience, I've had people exit my life and it was really confusing at the time. And I found it hard to process and your process and make sense of, but then I've gotten, you know, six months, nine months, 12 months down the track and gone, Oh my gosh, I get it. Because if that person was still in my life, I wouldn't be here. I wouldn't be where I am right now for a myriad of reasons. And an example I'll give you is, you know, say a friend exits your life. Then maybe six months, nine months later, you might find yourself welcoming a new friendship into your life and you realize, huh, if that person was still occupying that space, this friendship never would have existed or this romantic relationship would never have gotten off the ground because maybe you were codependent with that friend or relying upon their approval. 
And so while it hurts when people exit your life, there's a reason why it happens and you just have to trust the process. And I love that cheeky philosophy of sometimes the trash takes itself out. Sometimes you just have to let people go and understand that um, even though rejection can feel personal and painful, sometimes, you know, more often than not, they are actually doing you a favor. Number three, (laughs) you can read all the books in the world and listen to all of the experts, but ultimately a sense of happiness comes from knowing how to read your own unique coding to learn why you are the way you are and to be purposeful with how you want to grow and proceed to really be your authentic self without the projections, limitations, and expectations. So that's number three for me because I will raise my hand high in the air and say, I love personal growth. I love self-development. I love a book that's going to teach me lessons. But there comes a point when you have to, I think, acknowledge, yes, you can learn, you can read all of these books, learn from the masters. But the most important thing in life is to read your own unique coding because there are a million ways to live a good life but you have to work out what living a good life means to you and that is so subjective there's not a single one single expert that can give you the methodology for your own best life you have to learn that and I think learning to read your own coding when I say that what I mean is understanding what your knee-jerk reactions are, understanding your triggers and your go-to moves and the way that you cope, the things that you do to numb out or to process, um, you know, what is it that you habitually do? What are your habits? How can you break those cycles? All of those things. Understand yourself and you're unstoppable. 4. Hope is the real MVP, most valuable player. When things are dark, find a slither of hope and hold on. I have gone through really dark times. Everyone listening, I think, will be like, yep, so have I. Most people have gone through hard, dark times or know someone who has been in a dark place, whether that's with anxiety, depression, um, whether it's a substance abuse issue, could be an eating disorder, uh, it could just be disassociating, feeling low, I'm sure I said depression, but hope is so valuable. And it's one of those things that when you feel a sense of despair and you are at rock bottom, it's so hard to muster up the energy to be hopeful and to be optimistic. It's not as easy as just flicking a switch and being like, oh, okay, I'll be optimistic and I'll be hopeful. But if you can find even the smallest slither, the smallest 
peace, the littlest thread of hope and hold on to it when things are hard, it is going to help you. If you can hope that things can get better, you're going to propel yourself forward even if you do nothing else, even if it's like, I'm just going to hold on to this hope. So whether you can find that through meditation or journaling or a vision board or through listening to other people's stories, you know, if you're depressed right now, listen to someone else's story who has been depressed, hear how they overcame it. And even if the way they overcame it doesn't resonate with you, just the fact that they did overcome it might be able to just sort of light that hope spark for you. I've recently had women reaching out to me who are single with kids and say that seeing me fall in love, sorry, I'm wiping my nose. I know that's so gross, but seeing me fall in love has given them a sense of hope. And I like to think that it's not like hope as in, oh, I'm presenting happily ever after and it's smooth sailing and you'll just find someone and life's, you know, a hundred percent better and all of that stuff because who knows, but a hope that like, yes, you can meet someone and yes, you can have a great connection. And so when I hear from women who are saying to me, I'm so grateful that you're sharing how much your kids love your partner and how much your partner loves your kids and how happy you are. I think of that as them listening to my story and it's like an expander. It's this, it's, you know, I'm representing something for them where they're like, oh, look, someone else can do it. And I think when you're struggling to grasp onto hope, surrounding yourself by people, surrounding yourself with people who have done what it is that you hope to do can really expand your mindset and open your eyes to what is available to you. So maybe that's through um, videos, YouTube, Maybe it's through books. Maybe it's in real life, going to meetings, having conversations with people. But whatever you have to do to connect to hope when things are hard, do that. Because hope is just everything. It is fuel to get you through. And we can always access hope, you know, in our mind's eye, hopefully. Um, Number five, true peace comes from knowing and liking yourself with a big side of self-compassion. Sustainable inner peace will never come from somebody else's opinion or approval. What other people think of you is truly none of your business. This is a lesson that I wish I had learned so much earlier in life, but I was so unaware. And back to my point earlier about knowing your own unique coding, I didn't realize how much of my life I was trying to please other people. Like I genuinely didn't realize it. And it seems so dumb and so obvious that of course I was, but I was just unaware. And so really learning that true peace comes from like knowing and liking myself and being connected to my own integrity versus outsourcing that validation Learning to validate my own experience and how I'm feeling has been one of the biggest gifts of my mid-30s. So true peace can never be outsourced because other people are always changing as well. And if you are trying to connect your own internal peace to someone else, you're just forever going to be reaching 
And there's no need because you do have the ability to validate yourself um, and create that ecosystem within yourself where you are at peace and not relying upon other people's approval or opinions of yourself. Number six, sometimes growth feels like breaking. (laughs) Oh my gosh, yes. If I was going to get a tattoo on my head, that's what it would say. Sometimes growth feels like breaking. When you feel like you are stretched to your limits or you're being pushed over the edge and it feels like you're coming apart at the seams, maybe that's because you're expanding and you're growing. And the next version of you is going to come through. But before the next version of you can do that, you got to break a little. you got to give a little. You've got to let go of certain things. So if you feel like you are in that pain kind of spiral right now where everything feels hard you know yes it is hard and you're likely going through a massive growth phase as well a massive system upgrade as I like to call it number seven the power of a pause is life-changing It's tempting to respond quickly, but taking the time to self-interrogate and go below the surface response actually makes me more response-able. Response-able? Responsible. Pause and self-interrogate when triggered is the gift of my mid-30s. So what I mean by that is it's so tempting to think that our first response is the response that we need to go with. But often we need to go below the surface and realize that's a knee jerk. That's a trigger response. Something is being activated in us. And when we're responding from an activated place, a triggered place, we're responding as a child. We're responding with, you know, like our wound at the forefront. Whereas if we give ourselves the power of a pause and self-interrogate, We are so better, um, we're setting ourselves up in a better way to be able to respond in a clear, healthy, um, in a clear, kind, healthy way. So what I mean by that is say someone sends you a message and it's like, you know, all of a sudden you're activated and you want to respond with a certain thing, just pausing and self-interrogating and going below the surface and going, okay, I'm feeling triggered. Why am I triggered? What is the unmet need? What's going on here? Because we all have unique coding, as I've mentioned, and unique triggers as well. So someone could say something to you that is fairly innocuous, but because of your own unique coding, your own unique triggers, you respond in a bigger way in a way that is disproportionate to the actual event at hand and so really learning to pause is life-changing and sometimes that pause could look like waiting 24 hours before you respond sometimes that pause is only two minutes long sometimes it's saying to your partner you know what I'm having a real mixture of feelings come up for me And I don't want to say something I regret. So just I need some time right now to sit with this and I'll come back to you soon. And then you can come back to that conversation. And this isn't just in romantic partnerships. It's at work. It's with your kids, your neighbors, your friends, wherever. But it then allows you to come back much more level headed. So 
really the pause is one part of it and then self-interrogating is the other. And self-interrogation sounds brutal, but really it is such a exceptional life skill to develop, to sort of sit with yourself and go, what am I feeling at the surface? What does that mean? Because your initial response might be anger. Okay, why am I feeling anger? What's below that? Do I feel like I'm being taken advantage of? Why is that a trigger for me? Is it because generosity is one of my highest life values? How do I communicate this in a way that um, is non-violent and is conducive to effective communication? So take a pause when you need one. Number eight, this is kind of in the same vein as pausing, but I now know not to trust how I see myself when I'm in the middle of an emotional spiral. We all have moments in life where we are overwhelmed and our opinion or our view of ourselves can become distorted because we're not thinking clearly. I've really learned in the last 12 months not to trust how I see myself when things are not well, when I'm not sleeping, when I'm not eating well, when I'm not functioning well, when I'm in, when I'm feeling depressed, when I'm feeling anxious that that means my reasoning is compromised. And so not to trust how I see myself or to make any sweeping grand assessments of who I am or how I am in the world when everything else is compromised. Number nine, very simply, the best men are feminists. It's nothing quite like being single or going through a separation to realize how important it is that you are only ever involved with men who treat women and see women as equal. Because not only is it important when you're in a relationship with a man that he's a feminist, it's so fucking glaringly obvious when you exit a relationship from a man who is not a feminist in the way that they might treat you. So this is something I can't go too deeply into you know, with personal experiences here on the podcast, but I will just say like, (laughs) good men are feminists. Good men know that women are just as important as men. They respect women with their words, with their actions. Um, And yeah, I'm just really so happy, so happy to be in a relationship now um, with a man who is so clearly just so respectful of all women it's um it's really nice and the whole you know the best men are feminists that extends right out to my children I want to make sure I'm raising boys who are feminists as well so as I said I feel like I could kind of go into this in a whole podcast episode, but I just have to choose my words carefully. Number 10, when you have the choice between growth or comfort, choose growth. It's always the right choice. Staying safe and contained behind barriers will not get you to the next version of yourself. So growth is one of my top values in life. I've got three words that I really try to live my life by, you know, and I came to those three words through doing the blueprint, which is available on the fray.com. If you don't know what your core values are in life, get the blueprint, 
and look at it and really work through your values because when you have those core values clearly in front of you, you're going to be able to see why you are triggered at different times. You're going to be able to use those words for decisions that you make in life. And because growth is one of mine, when I find myself in a situation where it's like, okay, Kylie, you can either choose staying comfortable or you can stretch and be a bit uncomfortable and choose growth. It's like, okay, growth is one of my top values. I have to choose that. It's a non-negotiable and it's always the right choice to grow. It would be very easy to like stay safe, stay contained, cut myself off from everyone. But you know, that's not what I want for myself. I want to get to that higher version, that next version of myself. So growth is imperative. So if you have that choice in life where it's like, okay, I can stay comfortable. I can stay here. I can stay where I am or I can stretch. And as we know, stretching, breaking is growing. Um, choose growth. It's always the right thing. I hope uh, that these reflections have resonated with some of you. I do apologize for my voice again. I know it's not super soothing or easy listening right now with this cold still hanging around, but I so appreciate you taking the time to listen to this podcast episode. If you're not part of our Frey Facebook group, please jump on over, join. The link is in the show notes. And I would love to hear from you. What are some of the things that you've learned the most in the last 12 months? Perhaps this episode will be something you can use as like a journal prompt to sit down and journal on the things you feel that you have learned. You know, maybe you'll be able to agree with some of the ones I've shared, or maybe you'll disagree with them. Whatever, whatever feels right for you. But taking the time to reflect on your own thoughts and feelings and your own growth is always a great idea. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode, and I'll speak with you soon. This is what I want. This is what I need. If you don't have to go, I can set you free. Are you gonna make a move? Are you gonna come and see? Whatever you wanna do, you know what's cool with me. Whisper in the dark. Whispers in the dark. You come to play, don't you? Looking for something new. I got a lot underneath tricks of my. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.